Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing God. So thankful and blessed to have Darren and his daughter Ananda in the studio today hanging out. He's going to share what Jesus has done in his life and is continuing to do. You don't want to miss a minute, so stay tuned with us. Darren, what's up, buddy? Nothing much. Just came here on a whim this morning. There so. you go. There you go. Here we Miss, are. Miss Ananda, how are you? She's like, what? Good. What? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> cool, man. Hey, um, so before we kind of get into things, I'm going to do a quick uh, community update, let the guys know kind of what we're doing. Um, so I know I've been talking a lot about the, our uh, push for like iron on iron community and accountability and everything. And that's still at the forefront. We've hit a couple snags, so it's not looking like it's probably going to be quarter one of next year. It'll probably quarter two, but it's still coming and it's still a top priority because we want to make that happen. So that's the update. That's kind of it. Um, so do you mind opening us up in prayer, man? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Um, so I'm just going to do, I'm going to start with just a little, uh, like it's a set prayer yeah. um, that I pray pretty much every morning. But, um, oh, heavenly King, the comforter, the spirit of truth, who are everywhere present and filling all things, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls, oh good one. Be with us today as we um, discuss you and um, talk about your role at the way in which you're at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, cool, man. So... So tell me, tell me a little bit about your journey. I know a little bit because we're we're in uh, the Iron on Iron morning breakfast group together, but I don't know like your whole story. Like I get little snippets. Like last time, you're like, well, you know, I worked on a boat for a while and I had this terrible captain, and so I get these little glimpses. But tell me, kind of your journey, where Jesus intersected all of it, and all that. You know, it's it's uh, depends on where you want to start. Yeah, uh, just because uh, there's a there's a lot there. It's been a long. A long life. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, a full. lot shorter than, yeah, a yeah. full life. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to go all the way back to the beginning, I guess I, I grew up in a, in a uh, Pentecostal Christian home uh, in Washington State, that's mm-hmm. where I'm from. And uh, it's actually Foursquare was the denomination, if you're familiar with that at all. It's kind of mm-hmm. not around here much. Okay. Mostly a West Coast and international thing. It got mm-hmm. started by someone named Amy Semple McPherson in the... Uh, in like the early 1900s, um, she was like part of the uh, Azusa Street Revival, which okay. was like this. It was the, it was like the uh, one of the big um, events that kicked off the Pentecostal movement. Okay. So like uh, Assemblies of God, uh, yeah. Foursquare came out of that, uh, etc. And so that's what I grew up in, and uh, I became a Christian when I was like, I think. I, or, I mean, I, I trace it back to a summer camp when I was like eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically, I mean, I'd said like a sinner's prayer at different points throughout my childhood, but that was the first time that I, um, recognized, um, that I was like incapable of curing myself yeah. of the problems that I had. Yeah. And I had many by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I just felt dysfunctional and I didn't know how to, I didn't know I, because the problem was me, um, like if, if the problem is you, how are you going to change you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make sense. And so what was on offer was at that time, um, 
as, as an answer to that was, uh, um, trusting in Jesus. Yeah. And so, uh, that's what I did. And, uh, and so that's kind of where my, oh, actually, I don't want you to go down, girl. Here, you can have this. You got to get you some more toys. Oh, how about oh. this? Cross. She yeah. says, I want, I want what I dropped, Daddy. Oh, oh, oh did you drop Dad's wallet? Um, so I just realized, like, I was a very emotional kid. I asked lots of questions. I was very inquisitive, but I also... Yeah, just had a lot of issues. And so, um, I get, you know, and so history of abuse and all sorts of things, not from my parents, but mm -hmm. um, other people. And so, uh, yeah, there was a lot to work through. And so that began a kind of a journey of kind of cycles of, of from that point on, kind of moving closer uh, to God and then running into, you know, running once again, like always my pride would you know, I think I could do it myself and yeah. then running into situations where I realized I couldn't kind of like the Israelites in the old, old Testament. They just kept going through that cycle over and over, over and over again. But, uh, you know, I've, I've, as I've gone along, I've come up with, or I've discovered language that kind of explains it, you know, better for me. It's kind of like the spiritual life is like a spiral yeah. and it's going up, it's going somewhere. So it's not just a vicious circle where you're going around and around struggling with the same things. There is progress that's made, yeah. but it's kind of, there's arcs of, of progress followed by movements in a downward direction yeah. that are followed by moving back up. Yeah. Hopefully higher than you were before. Yeah, girl. What's what up? you need, little girl? Oh, did you? You dropped a wallet again. <laughs> you know, and, and when you were sharing that, I kind of visualized like a spring. So it's kind of like, you know, it's going around, but there, there are kind of the ebbs and flows, but you're, you know, it's that sanctification process where you are on the upward trajectory being more created well, we're created in the image, but being sanctified to be more like Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way I view time as well. Like there's um, obviously like Eastern, Eastern religions, they view time as a, as a, as a circle, a vicious circle, the cycle of samsara, birth and death. Mm -hmm. um, you end direct, you know, exactly where you start over and over and over again. And, yeah. and when you're in a system like that, or you view time in that way, there's no hope. Yeah. Because you're not going anywhere, um, at least not not anywhere that's any better than where you are right now, uh, at least not in an ultimate sense. Um, but uh, and then some people view time as just kind of straight linear. Mm -hmm. um, but in a, in a linear time, there's there's not really any real sense of redemption mm -hmm. because redemption happens when you when you find that you come back to the same type of moment that you were before. Yeah. And yet in that moment, when you've encountered it again, you find that you see, you see the place that God is like redemption happens because there's spirals in time. At least mm -hmm. that's, that's my view. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, each, each, each new opportunity or each, each new event happening in my life, uh, where certain, you know, particular circumstances arise again is another opportunity for, um, repentance and mm -hmm. for, uh, a movement toward God. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, Back to what I was saying, I, I, I grew up Pentecostal um, in my mid uh, in my middle school years up until my senior year of high school. I uh, I started splitting my time between going to the Pentecostal church uh, on Saturdays uh, for like Saturday uh, church services, and then going up to Mars Hill Church. Mm. If you know Mark Driscoll, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and that was kind of my. Uh, arrogant phase. I started, uh, it kind of had a deleterious effect on my, 
uh, character in some ways. Like I became, I thought I, I thought I knew better than yeah. the people I grew up with. And, um, I thought they were doing everything wrong, um, when it came to ministry and life and, you know, so on and so forth. And so, uh, yeah, but I mean, I never really got deeply involved at Mars Hill. I just went up there about once a week. Yeah. Um, but then my senior year of high school, um, I actually, uh, took a philosophy class at the local community college. Um, it was kind of like a dual enrollment thing where you're in, you're in high school, but you're taking, yeah. uh, college classes. And, uh, that class proved to be life-changing for me. Um, yeah. my, uh, my professor was, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but he was an Orthodox Christian, mm-hmm. like Eastern Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, well, first of all, like, I, as I said earlier, I was a very, very inquisitive kid. I would ask lots of questions. Um, and my parents would, my mom even said, like, when I was a kid, like, there were times when uh, I would ask a question and she wouldn't know the answer. And she'd just go, Darren, I don't know the answer. You're yeah. going to have, you're going to find that your parents don't know everything. Your and, parents aren't Google. Yeah. Yeah. Your parents aren't God. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, not that Google is God, although they might want <laughs> to be. That's another podcast, man. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, we could go there for forever and always, but yeah. <laughs> we digress. But, uh, but yeah, so I just found that um, I was, the, these, these thinkers that my, basically he walked me, uh, walked us through the history of philosophy. Um, the way he taught philosophy, I mean, um, uh, he was asking, asking the same questions that I had asked since I was a little yeah. kid. Um, but giving a variety of different answers, depending on which philosopher he was, uh, articulating for the day, but it gave me so much more to engage with than yeah. I'd ever had before. Um, and as the, uh, come here girl. <laughs> yeah. What about this? <laughs> she said, keep them toys coming. How about this? Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, I, um, as the semester went on, I came to realize that he was, uh, uh, he was like through our conversations after class, we'd talk for like upwards of two hours after class sometimes. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't have the time to do that today, but, um, yeah, he made time for me and, uh, we got onto theological things and I ended up finding out he was an Orthodox Christian, which I had no clue what that was at the time. I thought it was like some kind of Catholic thing. Yeah. And I knew Catholic Catholicism was bad because of the Pope. And so, um, <laughs> I, obviously it's not quite that simple, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, I ended up finding myself, uh, very attracted to the vision of God. Um, and uh, and his action in the world, et cetera, that was articulated in the Orthodox Church and finding things that were actually more similar to the Pentecostalism that I was raised with mm-hmm. um, within a completely different kind of uh, practical context uh, in the Orthodox Church. Like they believe in miracles. They mm-hmm. believe they happen today. Um, you know, they believe that it's, it's possible to um, uh, be holy. Um, and, uh, which is a big thing in, in Pentecostalism and to pursue holiness. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they have a very, very, uh, profound and deep view of the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so 
I became very influenced by that. Didn't end up becoming Orthodox. I went to, you know, classes and different things like that. Um, but there were just some things that held me back. Um, but I ended up uh, becoming, uh, going off to college uh, and uh, at Wheaton College in Illinois. Um, and uh, um, and that's, a, that's a Bible college, right? It's a Christian college, but a Christian it's a college. liberal okay. arts college, Christian okay. liberal arts school. Yeah. Um, so I studied philosophy there and uh, um, ended up going to an Anglican church, ACNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where pretty much I stayed for the next decade, mm-hmm. nearly a decade. And then in uh, April of 2021, my wife and child and I became mm-hmm. Orthodox Christian. So it's kind of broad strokes the... Like the church history, I just had to write a uh, write a personal essay for for seminary um, actually a few weeks ago, and so that those are the the highlights of the story that are on my mind. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot that's happened in between there, having to do with other things in my yeah. life. But but yeah, um, I, I didn't know you were in seminary. Tell tell me I'm, about that. I'm not yet. Okay, uh, and it's uh, it's just a master's in theology program. So okay. they, they have a master's in divinity, but. I'm not, I'm not on track to be ordained. You have to be Orthodox for like five years before you can okay. even consider ordination or, or should consider ordination. But, um, um, there's just so much to learn. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, it's like a hybrid program, yeah. uh, through what's called the Antiochian house of studies, which is okay. in Pennsylvania. Okay. And, uh, that'll start in the fall of 2022. Okay, so, cool, yeah. man. So, um, are you, do you feel the call to ministry? Is that why you're going through seminary or is it that just, I can definitely tell that that's kind of a thread with you, just the interest and, you know, just from us interacting at Bible study and everything. Um, just again, the curiosity that's, you know, you just are hungry for learning and everything. So is it, is it more for you or are you called to, to ministry or what do you think? You know, I've done, I've done ministry in like formal and informal contexts mm-hmm. since I was in high school. Yeah. Um, either it's like a leader in the youth group or doing, you know, I was an intern at my uh, Anglican church in children's ministry. I've done, done ministry in lots of different contexts. I was yeah. a assistant director of a nonprofit uh, that did like arts ministry okay, cool. in, uh, in Greensboro. It was called, uh, um, well, the, uh, the organization was called city 616 and the organization was really just, Charlie and Ruth Jones, who, um, they were actors who started this ministry where they, they lived on the third floor of an old hotel, hotel building downtown, uh, in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. And mm-hmm. they would, um, put on meals once a month for like 70 people in their home, wow. like set up yeah. tables. Charlie would cook all the food. Ruth would, uh, um, do the desserts. And, uh, and after dinner, um, we'd go into the other room, the room, they had a little stage there. And, um, they would, Charlie would start off every, um, every, every time, uh, like arts time by saying, uh, by quoting GK Chesterton, uh, said, uh, uh, anything worth doing is worth doing badly for how many of us give up, um, drawing, painting, singing for the fear of, uh, looking bad or yeah. it's something like that. Uh, anything worth doing is do- worth doing for the joy of it. And so, uh, yeah, then basically anybody could go up and share talents with one another, you yeah. know, share their talent or um, either sing or play, play an instrument or 
recite a poem or do a skit or show some art. Yeah. Um, and so it brought people together from like uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, um, just to get to know one another. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so we also put on some, uh, we had some art, art residents come and stay uh, while I was there. That was kind of uh, the thing that uh, I was brought on to help with. I didn't know much about the arts, but I did, uh, I mean, I loved the arts, but I spent most of my younger years playing sports mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of transitioned later, later in life to um, doing more artistic things. Yeah. Like uh, I write songs uh, and uh, play the guitar, um, mostly just singer songwriter stuff. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, so we, we put on a, uh, um, a class on art and spirituality, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, is that is that right? She, she's in destruction her? mode at this point. She is. Let's she's go. Like, let's Dad, go. This is just let's go. Much. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I still I I love Charlie and Ruth. They're wonderful people. Yeah. Um. So I've done ministry related things. Yeah. But I never. Uh, I'm not a very entrepreneurial person, mm-hmm. and so ministry in in. Uh, my experience in Protestant context is often a very entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah. You know, you have to be very, uh, and really uh, what I, what I want out of ministry is really what the Orthodox church views as ministry, which is uh, acquire the peace of God and a thousand around you will be saved. Mm. So focus on, which isn't just like focus on yourself. It's, it's, it's broader than that. Like, but, um, but focus on, your relationship with God and growing that yeah. um, through through the ways that the church provides and uh, and people will see the light of God in yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if you look at Orthodox iconography, for example, like, if it's a saint, you'll see a halo around their head. Mm-hmm. That's the presence of God. The yeah. halo represents, it's not like a little disc, like in, uh, if you look at some, like, Catholic art, you'll or, like, even... Uh, you'll see that little ring around, like a halo around their head. Um, in Orthodox art, it's a, it's a, it's like a disc, and yeah. it's like all, and it, and that's like, uh, it's like Moses coming off the mountain on Mount Sinai. Yeah. He's he's glowing, and right. um, and so they really believe that uh, when you when you draw close to God, God shines through you. Yeah, and so the the goal of uh, Orthodox. Uh, spirituality is to draw near to God such that the presence of God um, is, is, is visible. It's evident. It overflows. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, um, I like the idea, not, not saying I, as I said, like I'm not supposed to even consider it until I've been Orthodox for five years. And that's just their um, orthodoxy is about stability. um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like almost the reverse ageism. There's mm-hmm. like a, a reverse ageism in orthodoxy where like if you're, you know, bald and old, uh, you're good. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have wisdom right. and, and you're worth listening to. Whereas sometimes, especially in like the Pentecostal, my Pentecostal background, uh, a lot of times it's the opposite, yeah. right? Yeah. Like people, and that's a very natural, like human inclination is to, is whatever we value in the culture we want to see uh, like elevated so that we can participate in the elevation of, of what we see as valuable. Yeah. And so oftentimes what that looks like 
in if we're just absorbed in the culture is an elevation of youth and beauty. And so um, orthodoxy has a little bit of different definition of beauty. Beauty Mm -hmm. is the presence of God. And so um, oftentimes uh, youth can, can, can come up, can look like the presence of God and not be, you know, whereas like if someone's glowing and they're old, you, you know, you know, God's at work in their life. Yeah. the fruit of the spirit is there at at that point they've journeyed through a lot of stuff. And when you see the presence of God through them, you know, that it's not just, you know, some mountaintop experience. They're glowing because of a life lived with God. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, also like uh, confession is a, is a sacrament or it's called a mystery. Like the sacraments in, in orthodoxy are called mysteries and mm. they're infinite mysteries because God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But there are seven mysteries that the church has said, like, we know God shows up here. We mm-hmm. know sh- God shows up in communion. We mm-hmm. know he shows up, uh, in confession when, mm-hmm. you, you know, and unlike, un- I mean, I don't know what confession is like in, in the Catholic church because I've never been to a Catholic confession, but in orthodoxy, you're facing the icon of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the priest starts out by saying, I'm just a witness to your confession before God. And it's mm-hmm. that notion that wherever two, two or more are gathered, there I am among them. And yeah. so the light is there whenever you're oriented towards God in the presence of another. Yeah. Whereas like when we confess by ourselves, most of the time we're not confessing, you know, yeah. it's, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, um, Esau's, uh, you know, where it says, uh, um, Esau did not achieve a pen- repentance though. He sought for it with tears. You know, yeah. he was remorseful, but he wasn't repentant. Yeah. But there's something about, um, confessing your sins in the light. Um, the, the light shows up in it. Um, and it comforts you, um, where there is no comfort in the darkness. Yeah. And so, um, that's considered a sacrament, uh, or a, a mystery. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so on and so forth. But as I was saying, like there are infinite mysteries, but I think I was mentioning that forget exactly why I was mentioning that it had something to do with the presence of God. Oh, so confession, um, Mm -hmm. as like a, like that's another reason why people generally prefer in Orthodox circles, older priests, because if you're older, you're wiser. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, you can be an old soul, but that's usually what, if you're an old soul, usually means like people are implying that you have wisdom, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, there's just a kind of steadiness that comes with, with age. And so, um, I like that. That's, uh, um, you know, cause everybody gets older mm-hmm. and, and so I don't know, it just feels like, uh, or orthodoxy for me feels like, uh, the, well, like I don't, for a long time, my spiritual practices, even after I knew about orthodoxy were, it was whatever I could cobble together from mm-hmm. any sources that I could like pull from over here, pull from over here, pull from this source. And it was nice. Cause like I, oh, I can have access to all these different things as an Anglican, you know, Anglicans mm-hmm. are cool with, you know, when I was Anglican, like my priest, he would say like Anglicans aren't really good at anything, but they're adequate at everything. Like mm-hmm. they got everything yeah. They, you know, if, if you're more charismatically oriented, it's there. If you're, you know, if you want to speak in tongues, it's there, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. If you're more like Anglo Catholic, that's there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the Anglo Catholics would probably be happier Catholic yeah. and the charismatics would probably be happier in a charismatic church. Yeah. Um, but it kind of tries to hold all those things together. Um, and I found that fit me for a long time, mm-hmm. but, um, especially after 
becoming a father, I realized that I didn't want, similar to what I said at the very beginning about wanting God to, like, I can't change myself. Yeah. I need God to change me. Um, the, the, basically the church prescribes like it, you know, the church sees itself as a spiritual hospital, you know, yeah. it's where everybody, including the priest goes to, to, to be healed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we need to get you some toys. Miss Ananda, we need to get you some toys. Here you go. What else? <laughs> what a sweetheart. Yeah. But, um, Were those good? Are those good? Yes. Oh, here. But anyway, so yeah, uh, um, I needed, I needed, I didn't want to create my own path. I didn't want to give myself my own prescriptions anymore. Yeah. For for what I needed to to grow yeah. as a Christian, and um, and since doing that, like since becoming Orthodox, I feel like I've I've become softer, like less anxious about being right, mm-hmm. um, less uh, like more quick to forgive people who who've who've wronged me because my ego's not tied up in it, um, in part because the prayers in the prayer book force me every night to come face to face with my own sinfulness yeah. and, uh, in, in like very specific and detailed ways. Yeah. There, there are things that I wouldn't think of or come up with. Um, and to pray for people who are my enemies and, um, not just when I feel like it, but cause it's literally written there and I can add my own prayers as well, but it kind of provides a frame right. around which to, to, so, so that it kind of feels more complete in it and, to me, it feels more complete, and it, and it, uh, and I don't feel the burden of having to create it myself yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that's the. Um, oh, that yeah. And so going all the way back, if I became a priest in the Orthodox Church, I wouldn't be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't yeah. be trying to. Uh, just grow a church for the sake of having numbers. Instead, it would be. Well, the church is already full, even if it's empty. Yeah. Like that's that's the point of icons. Icons basically orthodoxy because of that view of time. They actually believe in some sense when you go to church every Sunday, you're 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 on that loop where you're actually in a sense, in one sense you're drawing near to eternity. Mm-hmm. And so when you look around at the saints on the walls, it's not like they're not worshiped. Yeah. Um, but they're present before God just as you are. And so like mm-hmm. at the front of the church is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then all these people around are reflecting the light that Jesus mm-hmm. shines on mm-hmm. them. And, and you see that. Yeah. And, and so even if you're alone in church, you're not alone yeah. and you can, and you can look around and see that all other things have changed. Like I pr- now pray with my eyes open, looking at Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. looking into the face of Jesus. Yeah. And it just makes a big difference, but I've been rambling for a while. Any questions, no. any thoughts? Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, man. Cause, um, I personally, you know, pretty much just kind of know what's in the Protestant world. And beyond that, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know much because I just haven't had occasion to be exposed to it. So this, this has been very, you know, very helpful for me to kind of know, you know, different ways people worship and different stuff like that. And so that's been really cool. Um, and, uh, I'm going to take a a little bit 
less holy of a, of a rabbit trail, but I did want to hear like your, your story with martial arts and wrestling and all that, because I know that's really important to you. And, uh, uh, that's kind of how we met through Larry and uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So yeah, tell me a little bit about, you know, all you've done with that and how that, you know, how you enjoy that. So I've been an athlete since I was a little kid. My parents, Mm -hmm. You know, I had way too much energy. They didn't know what to do with me. Uh, and so they put me in sports. And eventually I discovered wrestling when I was in middle school. And that became the sport for yeah. me. Um, and I had a love-hate relationship with it. It was really hard. It was painful. You hurt a lot. Like, um, But um, over time, wrestling became very important to me um, spiritually, actually. Mm-hmm. Like that... Uh, that that became a kind of a way for me to uh, practice my faith where yeah. like loving your enemies was loving your opponents. It was like getting to yeah. know your opponents yeah. before and after the match um, so that they know that you don't think of them just as something to be some, some um, obstacle to be uh, obstacle to be overcome or even just a, a competitor, yeah. but also as a person. Yeah. Um, like uh, fasting, which is like a, a spiritual discipline mm-hmm. um, that was cutting weight. And yeah. so like instead of just being miserable or like uh, while cutting weight, I would use cutting weight as an opportunity to uh, draw close to God. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, you know, I'd pray before every match, uh, pray during my matches. And so I know you wanted me to jump, but it, it's all interconnected. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's how I got through mm-hmm. the hard parts of wrestling was through drawing near to God. Um, and I found that I, you know, this wasn't the reason why I did it, but I found that I did compete better when I was, I was, when I, when I drew near, drew near to God, because I wasn't worried about outcomes. Yeah. My, my ego wasn't tied to the outcome of the match because it was instead oriented towards, towards God. And I competed worse. Um, when I became overcome with anxiety about, you know, how yeah. the match was going to go or, uh, the skill level of my level of my opponent. Um, I, I, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I really love what you shared because, you know, kind of the theme of what we've been talking about is just abiding and being close with God. How cool is it that, you know, you were able to in the heat of battle well, while you're wrestling, being able to pray and experience God while you're doing this athletic pursuit and having fun and, tumbling around and throwing these guys around and all this stuff. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. I mean, I mean, there, there were experiences where like, I remember my semifinals of my senior year of high school, uh, at the nat or at the, at the state tournament, I, uh, um, I, uh, ended up, uh, I was down by like five points at the beginning of the third round, just like just two minutes left of wrestling. Uh, and I ended up winning the match in overtime, but I remember like distinctly between the second and third round, just stopping and praying, praying the Lord's prayer basically. Um, and I, I might've also prayed, uh, I, I might've also prayed Psalm 23, but just slowing down. Uh, and it was like time moved in slow motion. And, uh, for that pretty much that whole round, it just felt like, I was hyper aware of everything that I was going on. And yet simultaneously, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about any of it. Yeah. And, and I ended up winning the match and, um, I lost in the state finals, but, um, still that was like, that was like 
just an example of the way in which it affected my, my, how I competed. Um, and so I wrestled all the way through college, uh, um, and, uh, was pretty successful. I, I went to nationals every year and all American one time, but, uh, but, uh, especially my junior and senior year, I didn't, and I got really close, but, uh, um, towards the end of both years, I got distracted by other things, um, and, uh, just had a letdown at the, at the national tournament both years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, what, what can you do? I, I remember I kind of wanted to get distance from wrestling after my senior year because of the, partly because of the way it ended and partly because it had dominated so much of my life yep. up to that point that I felt like there were other things that I loved or felt like I could love. Is that when you started more with like the guitar and the singer song? Is that when that kind of, there was kind of a buffered period of depression really Mm, where like I was trying to get Like I ended up, uh, coaching wrestling at my, uh, uh, at my alma mater, uh, and working as a security guard, uh, and geographically I was living in the basement of, uh, the librarian of the school. Um, and so like, in terms of geographical space, I was living in in the circumstances that I was feeling yeah. um, at the yeah. time. Like, I, d- I don't really want to do this. I don't know what I want to do, but I, I don't want to just wrestle my yeah. whole life. Um, and so that, uh, that led to some soul searching. I ended up going to a, a place called Labrie, if you're f- familiar mm-hmm. with the writings of Francis Schaeffer, maybe. Okay. No. Um, he's a kind of a rock star in the Presbyterian world, but, okay. uh, um, he started this place kind of like a semi monastic kind of like a school, uh, Protestant, um, thing, uh, started in, in, in Switzerland, oh, basically, mm-hmm. basically the, the people that usually that find their way there or, or know about Libri are, uh, um, either on their way in or out of Christianity mm-hmm. or, at some sort of transition point in their life where they're struggling with issues of faith or, or calling discernment, etc. And so mm-hmm. it's a place where you can go and there's like three classifications. Now you can go as a student and you pay like $25 a day. And mm-hmm. It's like 800 bucks a month. Um, and you, you work half the day and then you study half the day mm-hmm. and you have a me- like one of the workers there ends up being a mentor for you. Um, and you, uh, um, so yeah, you, uh, you work half the day study, um, and then you just participate in the life of the community there where you're, you're eating meals together and they have what are called discussion meals where mm-hmm. anybody can ask a question mm-hmm. and everyone at the table has to talk about that subject, yeah. um, for the entirety of the meal, you mm-hmm. kind of talk together. Um, they do like morning prayer, different things like that, um, kind of build their life in yeah. that way. And, uh, I think Francis Schaefer started that in the late fifties, early sixties. Okay. And now there are branches, uh, all over the world. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was a kind of in that transition period, uh, discernment came back home, uh, and, uh, s- almost, almost ended up, Oh girl. Oh. Here. <laughs> yeah. Almost, almost ended up, uh, um, doing full-time wrestling ministry. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was a part of a, uh, a wrestling club when I was in high school. Uh, and I love Brian Peterson's amazing person. Um, uh, I love him. Uh, 
he was uh, instrumental in helping me improve as a wrestler and as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when it came to it, and I was having to raise money and do all these different things, yeah. Uh, and I was feeling the lack of motivation as a wrestler. I didn't want to. I didn't want this to be my life. Uh, and also, there were some theological things that I was struggling with in relation mm-hmm. to the ministry because orthodoxy is a little different. Um, yeah. In, in certain respects in that way um, that uh, I just ended up feeling like I couldn't. Um, yeah. And that's when I decided to get on a fishing boat and yeah. just get away from everything yeah. and go up to Alaska and uh, had a tough experience there. But um, and so really it was a girl. Hey, yeah. Hey, it was like a five year period where I didn't even touch my wrestling shoes. I yeah. didn't even get on the mat between the boat and uh it wasn't until after I got married and uh, we'd moved to Chapel Hill mm-hmm. that I'd s- even even got on a wrestling mat again. Yeah. Um, just because it was like the way it ended and, and et cetera was just, there was too much confliction there. I was a very yeah. conflicted individual for a long time. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah. And now um, I, like I was invited by Zach mm-hmm. who actually came on the show a few uh, um a few weeks ago to, he came to visited the Orthodox church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he has a kind of cursory interest, not, I, I don't know where he's at with all that, but, um, uh, he has a cursory interest in orthodoxy and he invited me to jujitsu. Yeah. And it was enough like wrestling that I felt like I had my feet under me, but it yeah. was different enough. And also paradoxically less hard on my joints, even though you're mm. doing joint locks and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, choking people and different things like that. Uh, jujitsu means the gentle art. And it definitely feels that way when coming from wrestling. Like yeah. Wrestling is brutal on your joints and your yeah. body. Yeah. Uh, jujitsu is much, um, much kinder, at least seems to be, mm-hmm. uh, to my joints. And so it was, it was different enough that I felt like I was learning and I still feel like I'm learning things every time I go. Um, but it's similar enough that I, f- I feel competent yeah. that I can move my body and it feels good to move my body and to, and to get out some aggression and different things like that. And so, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, well, that's good, man. Answer, and you, sorry. you, you know, you're, you're, you're spot on, man. And you've got a tournament coming up. We were talking I, about. Yeah, I do. Uh, this, this Saturday, I'm competing, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to take it too seriously because I don't want to, uh, be disappointed, but I'm excited. I'm yeah. Excited to, to Stuff's always cool. fun and exciting. Yeah. That's yeah. good, man. Well, I, I think, I think Miss Ananda has kind of given us a cue that we've, we've talked maybe enough. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so, Hey man, um, uh, if guys want to connect with you, you know, they want to find out more about orthodoxy and stuff like that. What, uh, I think the email, is that the best way at, darren.m.faber at gmail.com. That's correct. All right. And we'll put it in the show notes down there. And uh, as always, if you guys want to connect with us, it's wearefullpower.com. And uh, connect at wearefullpower.com is the email. And then uh, social media is uh, we we are full power again. So it's all the same. You guys can kind of get that common thread there. But uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, Do you mind if I pray us out? I would not mind at all. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time with uh, Darren and Miss Ananda. And uh, Lord, we uh, just uh, thank you for another day of life and uh, just our families 
and we thank you for uh, the opportunity to uh, uh, reach out and uh, connect through this podcast with the guys that are listening and watching. And uh, we just ask that uh, as all of us uh, seek after you and uh, pursue you and, and just draw close to you and abide with you that uh, um, you show us every step of the way um, what, uh, what you're wanting to accomplish and what you're wanting to do and help us be in partnership with that, help us to be on mission with that. Um, Lord, we just uh, lift up Darren's tournament coming up. We just ask for safety over all the competitors and uh, we just uh, ask for your favor on uh, Darren and uh, just uh, um, give him that peace uh, when he's in the the midst of the competition and uh, um, just make your presence uh, so palpable to him and uh, uh, just have him, help him to have fun and enjoy it. And uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for everything and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Maybe well, we should have just set her down earlier. She's quiet. Yeah, now. Now, now she's down and she's <laughs> quiet. That's okay. That's okay. That, yeah, you're laughing yeah, now. You're, you're laughing. Right. Well, that's good. Well, Darren, thanks so much for coming on, man. And uh, guys, as always, you're loved, you're sent. Get out of here, and we'll catch you on the next show. Be good. Bye.